Let me get my, uh, my serious introduction voice going here. On September 22nd, 2004, Oceanic Flight 815 crashed on a seemingly uninhabited island in the South Pacific. There were 48 survivors. This is Get Lost, a podcast about those survivors and their experiences on the island. I'm your host, Jonathan Kennedy, joined by my co-hosts, Aaron Mick, and newly stranded lost man, Sarah Blackmore. <laughs> hey! Only perfection is what we, <laughs> we will settle for. I demand for. it. <laughs> Everyone, especially myself, who has no performance experience whatsoever. We strive for perfect <laughs> mediocrity. <laughs> I mean, if there's anything that I exemplify, it's perfect mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> I love your background okay. t- today, Jonathan. We should get a themed background next time. Yep. <laughs> I should be pulling out more stops, so maybe I'll come with like a shirt next time with one of the characters on it or something. (laughs) Yeah. We could show up dressed as one of the characters. Okay, I want to dress as... I want to dress as Boone with the haircut. Oh, God, Boone. The, uh, the like, mullet, oh, 2000s streaky mullet. Like, uh, <laughs> it's, like, bad. He's, he's such like, a, like, he's, a, he's such a early 2000s, like, soap opera heartthrob. Yeah, he yeah. really, really is. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is that, like, his his work is actually kind of strong, but they, they made him so naturally annoying. There's nothing you can do oh, for him. Such he's, a doofus. He's poor kid. <laughs> unnaturally evil. Like he picks fights with <laughs> literally everyone who crosses his path. There's no I'm like, what made you so sour? Why are you why are you the meanest like, person alive? And his sister when, Shannon. When we, is when we get when we get to Boone and Shannon's backstory, it'll it's gonna blow your fucking mind. Wait. Oh, I'm not thinking of the right person. Okay, I'm thinking of, of asshole guy. Are you thinking of Sawyer? I'm thinking of Sawyer, the guy that's like... Oh, well, he's Sawyer. Like, he's like racist to Saeed, oh, the, the and he's like... Broody, the broody dick. redneck, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he calls... Oh my god, I just watched an episode where he calls uh, Jack a metro. As like, <laughs> <laughs> as like because he has the kerchief around his neck. Okay, so I'm not thinking... Boone is a dick to his sister, but I'm thinking of Sawyer, and yeah. I wanted to yeah. do... Sawyer is actually one of... He becomes one of my favorite characters. Okay. But that's later. Yeah. Well, right now yeah, he's Sawyer like... Sawyer has a really good character arc. That, yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean by unnaturally evil. Like, everyone well, Josh, Hall- Josh Holloway. To. Josh Holloway can't help it because Josh Holloway <laughs> just so... it's. I think he's probably like a sweet person in real life, actually. So he's trying extra hard. But, yeah. But he's like... <laughs> yeah, based, based on like interviews I've seen with him and stuff, he seems like a super nice guy. Yeah, I think he's a sweetie. But he has this character that's just <laughs> such a dick for the whole first season. To everyone. <laughs> everyone he encounters, yes. he's mean to... I'm like, this is not... How could you have the energy to keep this up? <laughs> yeah, like, I know. I know. Oh, uh, man. Oh, uh, Sawyer. <laughs> I... I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I died laughing when he called Jack a metro <laughs> as an insult. <laughs> it was such an early 2000s insult. I know. Yes, oh, I had really to do is. a double take. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Uh, okay, maybe we, we can get uh, get going with uh, mine and Aaron's first experiences with Lost. If you want to dive into that, Aaron. Sure. Okay. So since this is a podcast about rewatching this iconic piece of art. 2000-aughts art, <laughs> I will uh, enlighten our listeners 
uh, about what was happening when Lost first aired. Um, context. Yeah, so when Lost first aired on September 22nd, 2004, uh, let's see. My No one in my family had a cell phone, okay? But even more beautifully, my grandmother still had a car phone in her RAV4, <laughs> which Amazing. I think is beautiful. Love that. Uh, our TV only had three channels. And mm. for the first two seasons of Lost, okay, so Lost aired from 2004 to 2010. A lot changed in that little period of time. Holy smokes, yeah. Uh, for the first two seasons of Lost, Charmed was still on the air, which Bless. is another freaking staple of my life. Another oh, one I haven't seen. seen. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, we, that's the next podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, when Lost started, Buffy had only been off the air for just over a year. Whoa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think about that a lot, too, in Showstar and what had just become before it. Yeah. And it's things you picture Buffy as way earlier than this, which it started. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I like thinking about that. Yeah. Chunk, a chunk of time in between wasn't very much. Well, exactly. And it's kind of like, there's this there there's this uh, phrase we use to describe the era of the 70s is the long 1970s, because it kind of, the 70s, mm. like spiritually, extends from the late 60s into the early 80s. And I feel like the 90s are like that. I feel like in 2004, oh, yeah. when Lost started, it was still kind of the 90s. You know what I mean? A bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's and Buffy is so important to the nineties. Yeah. As a cultural artifact. So anyway, what else? Grey's Anatomy was not on the air yet. It did not exist. Well. It was but an idea in Shonda Rhimes' head. <laughs> um, was Shonda even Shonda before Grey's Anatomy? We do not know. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 was the most recent Marvel film. (laughs) Uh, Facebook had only been launched in February of that year, but was still called The Facebook. Just for Harvard students. Ah! I didn't know that. Yeah, it started just for Harvard students. Oh, Is that's it, hilarious. Did you know? Have you seen, have you seen the social media? No, I mean, why would I? I literally have no interest in that movie. I know it's fantastic, but I just... No, no, it's not. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... It started as Mark Zuckerberg made it as a dating app for just Harvard oh, students. Oh, that's hilarious. And you would, like, you'd be able to see the girls and know if they were in a relationship. Oh, my goodness. You could rate it, them. It was, you could rate them. And then it wasn't until, like, 07, it opened up to other colleges. And yeah. you had to be part of a college to join it. Oh, my goodness. And then... Yeah, I remember, because I was... I signed up initially with my mom. Oh, that's hilarious. That was huge. Yeah. It was such a huge deal. It was deal. big. And I had to wait. I was still in high school, and I remember... <laughs> writing Facebook and email <laughs> asking them to add my high school because you had to be linked to a school. This was Mark, this was Zuck, the Zuck at his most foundational yeah. with the Facebook. This is where he peaked. Uh, let's see. When the Lost Pilot aired, Britney Spears had just married Kevin Federline and Green Day had just released American Idiot. <laughs> These were formative years for me personally <laughs> uh, and then my the crowning glory is that uh when lost first aired i hadn't even got my first period yet <laughs> and it saw me through from first period all the way till almost graduating high school i wonder if i had <laughs> you, you, know, you hadn't had your first period i was in my first year of university <laughs> i mean I, I, I was a late bloomer so i mean i'm not sure that's saying much but still <laughs> i mean none of i think no one on the podcast had their first period yet. <laughs> if I had to guess. If we had to guess. So that was so that was 2004. Now, here's the deal. I don't remember much about... Uh, 
I don't I don't know how tuned in I was to like TV and film when I, I, I uh, when I was whatever eleven. How old was I when this came out? Yeah, eleven, <laughs> eleven or twelve. So I mean, what's interesting is that now, and this is for our listeners to, to have some context. I'm doing a PhD in cinema studies, uh, so. I don't know what happened between 2004 and now, but <laughs> I have changed because I don't remember being especially tuned in. Maybe because, I don't know, I only had three fucking channels. You had three channels. You're like, <laughs> your roster was full. But Lost was on CTV, and I think it was on every Thursday night. Right. Big Night uh, for TV. That's when Big Survivor Night for TV. was on. Yeah, that's when Survivor was Survivor's on. Fun. I also remember that eventually, like later in the t- early 2000s, mm-hmm. Desperate Housewives happened, which was also a very big deal big, for me. Big deal. That was a big and one. Lost and Desperate Housewives would be on back to back. Right? So that was, those were the glory years of my youth. <laughs> Lost and Desperate Housewives every Thursday. This probably piqued your television interest. It probably did. This period of time. Well, I remember, I remember sometime around this, this Lost and Desperate Housewives double feature, I wrote this very disturbing short story for a class that was about a lonely housewife who murders the mailman with poison and lemonade. So I, I was blooming, the guys blooming during this time. You and Mark were were already Me and you, Zach blooming saying. together. So anyway, but by the time Lost finished in uh, 2010, I would have been in grade um, grade 11, I guess. Wow. And I was super, super invested. Hurley was my favorite character. I still to this day have a gigantic crush on Jorge Garcia because who doesn't? Mm. He's perfect. I named my cat after him. So. Yeah, exactly. John had a cat <laughs> named after him. So anyway, that's my last story. R.I.P. Pour one out. Not the character, but your your cute cat. <laughs> your famous cat. Yeah. Yes. So J.K., let's hear. Uh, let's Where hear were this. you? Where were you? Let's go back all the uh, way to 2004. Well, like I said, I was uh, in 2004. I was in my first year of university. Um, I I didn't watch Lost. For the first season, I had you know heard about it. I had seen lots of talk about it on the internet, and it just like didn't strike me as anything I would be even remotely interested in. Um, I just thought it was you know like Robinson Crusoe, the TV series or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> just, people, people stranded on an island, you know, maybe a little Lord of the Flies thrown in. Hated that book. So, <laughs> anti-communist propaganda. No, but, we'll, we'll, but yeah, I uh, that summer I came home. Uh, I was staying in, at my grandparents' house, and I was just getting into surrealism at the time. And I was reading the uh, Wikipedia article about surrealist film because that's the kind of nerd shit that I do. I just read articles about obscure topics and and also uh, you're a the, filmmaker at, let's not forget that <laughs> well I, I mean i wasn't at the time i was just you know i was just like oh surrealism is fun i'll read about it <laughs> and <laughs> um like i read down through and i was you know talking about buñuel and uh you know, david lynch and whoever else and then at the bottom there was just like this little note that was like and the television show lost might be interesting to those interested in surrealism and i was like okay maybe maybe i'll check this out and uh so i like torrented the first season uh pirate your media kids 
Uh, it's it's the only way we'll save save media from ahoy, the ahoy. downfall of streaming. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I torrented the uh, the first season and I watched all 18 and a half hours, 23, 24 episodes. I can't remember how many episodes in one sitting. Um, I, uh, I was, I, I pinned, I pinned a blanket up over my bedroom window. Uh, my grandmother would occasionally knock on the door and ask, you know, if I was doing okay. Uh, she would, you know, <laughs> bring If you need any food. cereal, need some more food. Uh, she, she, she brought me several plates of fries. Aww. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> She's a sweetheart, um, and knows that I love deep fried food. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I watched the entire first season in one sitting. By the end of it, I had a brutal migraine. Um, uh, in retrospect, I may have been showing early signs of depression. Huh. Um, <laughs> but... Two plus uh, two. I, I just... Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I would get to the end of one episode and just had to watch the next one. It was there waiting for me to watch. I was like... I can't not watch this. Yeah. Binging <laughs> um, before binging. Yeah, like from that point forward was absolutely obsessed. Was this 2004 or did you say this happened maybe a year or two later? This was the summer after. So like it started in 2004. It ended like in the spring of 2005 or whatever. So it was like the summer of 2005 when I was home from university. Torrenting all of Lost in 2005 is a feat. Let's talk, mean, yeah, like, was, let's talk about the skills let's involved talk about, in that. Did you already have high-speed internet? Because that's a feat. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Also, we do not that, condone torrenting. <laughs> well, John... Speak for yourself. <laughs> 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 uh, I've been pirating since I was, like, 13. <laughs> do you remember when you pirated, like, one song and you thought the FBI were going to, like, slam in your door? Yeah. Well, I, here's my thing. I, was, I didn't I was have any way to torrent because I still had dial-up. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but... What was that, John? Sorry. Oh, I said I was downloading music and flipping off Lars Ulrich since, <laughs> you know, at least 1999. Right. <laughs> right. Holy heck. Yeah. But, like, a full <laughs> uh, yeah, season we, of we, TV, that was... That was good for that time. I remember I was specifically when I was 14, which was 2004, I remember getting in trouble at my friend's house because we um, let her LimeWire run all night and we downloaded Chingy's Holiday Inn, the song. Oh, and, no. And it took all night. And her parents, uh, like the internet bill, whatever, and they were so mad at us. So you, like, a few months well, later. We, we, yeah. Uh, we got high speed. We got cable internet in like 1999 i think what is that high speed yeah. holy heck yeah i mean what? like not compared to today's high speed but you know, why wasn't then, leo burke was... academy added to facebook <laughs> 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 you guys were ahead of the game we got it probably 2005 or 6 like it was no i had dial up until like 20 2009 i think how is this possible <laughs> i don't know okay i don't know all i know is that i yeah. Never. Petribute sounds a little bit. Now listen to me. <laughs> I would not dare condone such an abhorrent act as tor torrenting. <laughs> but if I were to try to torrent, it would not have happened until 2009 or 10. Erin doesn't condone it because she never knew how, because she, <laughs> she never had the chance. <laughs> I never had. I'm just. I'm a poor little prairie 
baby girl, don't don't come for me, FBI. I mean, the statute of limitations for me is up. It has been at least seven or eight years since I've torn to anything. If not more. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't right know. How, I don't know how to work the internet anymore. I used to be really good at it. Sarah's eighty. <laughs> Spiritually, Sarah is an eighty-year-old. I like. I used to be good at it in high school, but now I, I just stream. It's made me lazy. It's the evils of streaming. All those Android boxes. Yeah, they're making these kids lazy. They don't have to work for their illegal content anymore. That's <laughs> true. I I remember. <laughs> when I first discovered, like, this was pre-Torrent. Torrents didn't exist until, like, the early 2000s. But, like, I remember downloading Fight Club. I had to go to this obscure, like, super obscure website. I had to, like, click through a million different pages. I had to, like, figure out answer what the, links were the rules. and weren't what are viruses. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the first rule of Fight Club? You had to answer that before you got in. <laughs> It used to be a fucking challenge. Yeah. And yeah. I'm proud of my. Uh, yeah. Anyway, my point was that was very piracy. impressive what you did in very the summer of 2005. And it gives some context because, I mean, here's the thing. There. We can and here and we will. We can and will make fun of Lost throughout the duration of I'm this podcast. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> we can and will make fun of Lost because it can stand it. Yeah. But there's something to be said for a piece of programming that is simultaneously so a part of the this a particular era mm-hmm. and still also transcendent. Like I mean, yeah. it was supposed to go off of crime like a month ago and is still up because people want to watch it. I just start, yeah, I just started it on Yeah. So I mean, this is a you lasting You should actually do a beep curse word over when I say like yeah, I just started. Be I, I, I will. <laughs> Fuck Jeff Bezos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck Jeff Bezos. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I would agree with that. I, and I'll, I'll wait till it gets... So that's yeah. why it's interesting. And I think, you know, that's why we're doing this podcast. We wouldn't be doing this podcast if it wasn't still relevant for some reason. <laughs> if, it, if it didn't have an enigma yeah. around. Now, you said something interesting the last... Because this was a false start podcast initially. We've actually tried this once before. <laughs> this is our first episode, but we attempted one last week. And then roommates and internet and all sorts of things went wrong. This was going better. And neighborhood I think fire. <laughs> yeah. However, yeah, I do fire. want... Uh, Jonathan said something interesting at the last attempt, which was... Um, you no longer think that Lost is surrealism, but more like magic realism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's um, relevant. We can talk about that a little bit. Oh, I'm sure I'll talk about it constantly throughout the... Uh... Good, I'm, I'm glad. Should we get Sarah's take on it? You want to talk about... Uh... Sarah's a newbie. Did we... Are we good with your your first your uh, summary? Did we wrap up? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you were? <clears throat> In the bedroom all alone? Yeah. Let's, uh, yes. <laughs> Much like I am right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that, and then I didn't, um... No, you're on a beach. I can see the cla- the crash mm. behind you. Um, yeah, first take. So I I never seen Lost. I also thought it was a Robinson Crusoe kind of thing. Like, I just didn't have any, um, draw. Like, it didn't draw me in. Um, I mean, sorry to interrupt, but to be clear, like Lord of the Flies, there is a lot of homoerotic aggression in Lost. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but it's not the same. It's not Met- the same Metro, Metro. Oh, right, Metro, right? Uh, yeah, and uh, like Lord of the Flies, I too wonder where they're going to the bathroom and if they have a system worked out. <laughs> uh, like I remember in Lord of the Flies, there's a big plot point about how they're mad because the younger kids have decided to stop 
taking a shit behind the rock and <laughs> and it's contaminating their water or whatever. I don't remember that plot point at yeah. all. Yeah. And I also wondered like it's so I'm I'm on episode four and they're about four days in now. And uh, I'm wondering where they're taking a shit. But anyway, back to <laughs> I um yeah, this is my first time seeing it. I also at the time and like it, same as Aaron, 2004, I actually wasn't into TV that much. Um, I think I was watching like Canadian, like Radio Free Roscoe was probably my <laughs> favorite television show. Breakfast television. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, um, it's my first go around. I, I had no idea what to expect, but I did have the context of it being one of your favorite shows, Jonathan. And I've known you for over a decade. Um, and so I did like, I, I knew that I probably would like it, but I also, I think was intimidated by the size of it and the cult following. Like I thought, Oh, it's too late. Hmm. I also think, and I'm trying to ignore it, but I think I have the ending maybe spoiled for me already. And I think somebody was talking about the ending a few years ago, which like, fair enough. I hadn't seen it at that point. It was already so long. I'm going to try to ignore it. And, and when we finish, I'll let you know if it was, (laughs) <laughs> if it was in I fact mean, spoiled for you honestly like don't even worry about if the ending is what i think what it is. the ending is don't like, worry the, it's it's about the journey okay it's, it's like it's really like we'll talk about the ending when we get there because it's fucking controversial okay the yes. reason i wanted to do this podcast is because of how controversial the ending is yes. yeah i was watching i was watching an interview with damon lindelof like a, like three weeks ago now i guess um uh, and the interviewer i think it was with vulture or some tech oriented entertainment website and the the interviewer started the interview out i, I knew just by looking at this guy that i wasn't gonna like him but, uh, <laughs> oh, no. he just had that he just had that energy to him you know and he was like he, he was like he's like i'm gonna be adversarial right off the bat here i'm gonna you know and he like asked Damon this like question about what the ending of the show means. Oh God! And, why? And like you could just see see it under under Damon's skin that he was like, "This guy has gotten the ending so fucking wrong." Oh, like, baby! Every assumption this guy had made about the ending was so off base, and I feel like it's an, an assumption that a lot of people have made. And it's just from not really paying attention to the ending. Don't tell me but... any Matt anymore. <laughs> okay, I I, I, I will tell you. But you'll understand when we get there. Okay. Because and yeah. and what's interesting is we actually this could have gone so differently, but Jonathan and I both are totally fine with the ending. Yes, which is rare. Which is rare, as a matter of fact. And it's and we yeah. both I came to Lost separately, love it separately, yeah. and have only been friends for what four years or something. Four so or five years, yeah. it's interesting because it's so rare that two Lost fans will have the same opinion <laughs> of the ending. Yeah. So once we get there, it'll be interesting to have that conversation. Okay. But for today, we're talking about episodes one and two. Yes. I My first impression was that, um, A, like cheesy 2000s jumped out at me right away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, which is not necessarily bad, but it does make me laugh out loud. I am watching it with my partner who also has never seen it and wanted to watch it. And we sometimes we have to pause, like... Um, I mentioned this to Jonathan uh, before, but like the line of like, I, I was doing a surgery and, and I, this is not Jack's, Jack. I don't know where this came from, but he's like, <laughs> and, and I cut open 
open her whatever and, and nerves spilled out of her like angel hair pasta angel hair pasta can you imagine if jack spoke like that so, for the whole show i can't so I, I actually after after we we were talking about that last week yeah i decided to look up that particular type of incident apparently it's i'm floored we should it. insert a a visual clip of what it actually looks like. It's. I was just floored <laughs> by how I, I will be forced it was, and like no one just and he's and and you can see Matthew Fox trying so hard. He's he's like talking and he's like and nerves spill over like and Kate's just like, like angel hair pasta like <laughs> Kate's like oh I'm Evangeline Lillian I'm so pretty she's just like oh, oh no actually I guess she's not doing this because she's like sewing up his back oh right right so it's like like, <laughs> like she's like I don't know if I can do it and he's like one time I did surgery and someone and I almost killed them and like I just I'm like they would die they would and, die and and he even does Matthew Fox okay. uh, does the like single tear thing yes. that actors can do. <laughs> yes, can you do that? No, I'm a terrible actor apparently because no, no. I can't do a single tear. <laughs> okay, so I decided to look up dural sac tears after that conversation that we had. Okay, so did if you, you don't know the dural, image? sorry, say that. Did an yeah. image pop up? I'm like, I'm curious if you got scarred for life with your Google search. No, no, I found, I, I'm having trouble finding the article again right now because I closed it like an idiot, even though I have like 500 tabs open. But, um, okay, so the dural sac is the like thin membrane that holds your spinal cord together, basically. And it's really common in certain spinal surgeries. Like, I can't remember the exact percentage, but it's like point something percent or whatever that'll get torn and it can cause like meningitis and a few other like yeah so causes... no big deal basically <laughs> <laughs> but it's um fuck, why can't i find let me find the article because it's really interesting oh one of the things that he said while you're looking for that is also he says that it was the first surgery that he did as a resident or something like that. He basically sets it up to be like, my first surgery ever as a resident, I was doing a spinal tap. And it's like, no one would make you do that. Like that isn't, you wouldn't start off in the deep end of like, okay, here you go. Just cut off someone's spine. Like, here's my thing. I want to be turt on someone's skin, surely. Well, here's my thing. I want to be in the boardroom because surely to God, all these shows, have they some, pay for consultants, right? They called some doctors. They surely. called some surgeon to do all to help with lines and plot points for all of that. I'm Jack's gonna call stuff. my friend who's a doctor and ask her if that's you, realistic. You <laughs> Remind me because I she's C, currently right? finishing her her residency and she's doing her. I won't say her, her full name. Her it's a podcast, but C. Right? Yes, yeah. yeah, okay. And she's currently doing her general surgeons studying for a general surgeons exam. So I'm gonna ask her if that's realistic. If that's realistic, because my thing is like, surely to God, they had some poor medical expert sitting in this boardroom, listening to these <laughs> idiot producers talk about this scene. And I just wonder if they were ignored. Like, can you imagine just the doctor in the corner being like, um, actually, and the producers are like, no, 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 we're making a TV show here. Just yeah. shut up. Stay quiet. We hired you so it okay. looks legit, but we don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like, what the hell happened? Okay. So I found, I found the article. Um... Okay, in this is on the low side, uh, a study in January 2011 of over 108,000 surgeries found that 1.6% 1, 1. of them experienced a dural tear 
And on the high side, uh, a 1989 study showed 17.4%. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the uh, side effects, it's, it's easily fixed. They, you know, they can stitch it up, but if they don't catch it, it can cause uh, cerebrospinal fluid leakage, meningitis, nerve problems. Um, no bueno. And he was like, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. And I'm like. Yeah, I guess he, you know, he stitched it up. He Jack's just five. a natural. This it's is all character building. It is. It's interesting <laughs> that it is. Okay, I'll give it to them that this is actually like a real thing that happens. Yes. And they put in some, like, they obviously, like, looked up that this actually does happen and that you can fix it, like he said. But angel hair pasta, I will never <laughs> recover. It is on- honestly one of the most disgusting, like, visual, like, one of the most disgusting descriptions of something that I've ever heard. Yes. Like, I mean, it, but here's my thing. Me, like, I've seen, I've seen Lost, you know, dozens of times. <laughs> Every... <laughs> I've watched, I've rewatched Lost pro- at least 10 times. Yeah. Um, and every, every time it just. Okay, but here's my thing. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe this is just because I'm like the horrorist horror person in this conversation. <laughs> but I didn't even blink at that comment. I, you guys are so worried about it. But <laughs> until you mentioned it, I didn't even <laughs> notice that it was weird. I was like, oh, yes, very visual description. Oh, Moving no, on. I like, couldn't. <laughs> I could not. Uh, for context, Aaron, very in horror, me not very into horror. <laughs> so as in, <laughs> as in can't handle it. Not that I don't appreciate it, but <laughs> But yeah, um, so so cheese. Like I think it's it has been very cheesy so far. But that's not like to its detriment. That's just it is what it is. Very two thousand four. Um, in terms of like the haircuts and the clothes are very two thousands. Um, Evangeline Lily's eyebrows. Evangeline Lily's eyebrows are tragically two thousand four. Um, Matthew Fox's tattoos. Yes. Wait, which one's he? <laughs> Jack. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, also, like in style, and and forgive me, I'm around two film buffs, but cinematic style I find very mid two thousands. Like the dramatic, like zooms, it, like in on people when they're saying a dramatic line, or yeah. the the quick oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. quick cuts to the island when there's like the monster thing comes out, and they're like, <gasps> like it's really, and then also oh, yeah. the throw to a commercial, which I love seeing because you never see that now, but it's like. Dun, 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 without the sound, but you get that feeling of like, huh? and then it like cuts. It's not like a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. And, but obviously we're not seeing commercials on it. So it cuts and then it's back to the scene right yeah. away. And um, yeah, so just like the style struck me, but I, I am enjoying it. I did really enjoy the first one. Um, first two, sorry, I watched them like right away. And it's been the kind of show where so far I'm only four in, but it's been the kind of show where, um, like my partner Greg will be like, let's watch the next one. Like we we want to <laughs> keep going. I'm trying not to get too far ahead so that I still remember them as we go. That's so fun. I have a question for you with regards to the cheesiness. Yes, because what struck me, and and this maybe is just a sign that like even in 2004, I was already turning into like a potential horror buff. Uh huh. Because I don't remember anything about this show particularly bothering me. I don't remember finding it frightening. I specifically remember loving any plot points with the monster. Okay, yeah. Um, Like, if it had something creepy, I was here for mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. 100%. But when I was watching it this time specifically, and mm-hmm. for context, I watched Lost all the way through when it came out, uh-huh. again a few years ago, uh-huh. 
again over Christmas this year. Right. And then started rewatching it for this podcast. Okay, wow. <laughs> so, but just this time, for the first time uh-huh. ever, that first opening sequence with the crash where Jack comes, he bursts out of the right. woods and he's seems to be on the beach alone. It seems calm. And then he rounds a corner and there's just chaos and carnage. Yeah, yeah. And you see these individual little, like, almost vignettes of people going through these mini horrors. Yeah. I felt truly horrified. Right. Like, I, like, there's the part where Shannon is just standing there screaming. screaming. And I was like, that's straight out of the horror handbook. Right. So how did you react? Like, did you find it upsetting or was it just cheesy? And, like, how did that work for you? I'm going to be honest. I don't think I found it very upsetting. That's so interesting. But also, I guess... <laughs> This is not something that you found until your fourth time around, right? Exactly. So I... I, Maybe it's also just because there's, like, a pandemic and my anxiety is very high. Well, (laughs) that's fair. I... I Okay, so I'm not very good at, like... Like, I get scared very easily. Yeah. Um, And I did find the first couple, like, a little... Like, spooky, for sure. I'm not, like, really scared. And I do... um, I'm also, like, simultaneously excited by those things. But, um... Yeah, the first scene, I think... I guess I was expecting it. Like, it's about a plane crash. So I was expecting that right away there would be some sort of, like... um, I actually thought Shannon screaming was a little bit funny because she's kind of... I mean, Well, Shannon's character is unfortunate. In fairness, in (laughs) fairness, like, she did just go through crazy trauma and a plane just crashed. Like, I could never imagine. But it is, like, the most pathetic display in terms of, like, compared to... Nobody else is having that reaction. Yeah, that's true. And they did put this, like... Helpless woman, like, no, like on, the, <laughs> on the beach. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't find it. Um, I didn't find it uh, horrific. Not that it didn't do a good job. Like it was realistic. Oh, you should tell them about. You were telling me about the how real it was, and they had to. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. So here's some fun trivia mm-hmm. from uh, from Prime itself, <laughs> <laughs> which is that. Uh, uh, apparently when they were shooting it, so they filmed, I think all or most of Lost in and around, uh, Hawaii. Although some of the sort of, this is way later, but later there are other filming locations and some of them actually are in Canada, like in Niagara oh, cool. Falls. But anyway, the whole first season is mostly, as far as I know, in Hawaii. And apparently when they were filming it, the, the, the original crash scene was so realistic and so visible, even from the air, that airlines had to warn my dog is scratching, and you can hear his collar. <laughs> uh, Zorro. Zorro. So apparently, this crash scene was so realistic that airlines flying over Hawaii, where they were filming, had to warn passengers that what they were seeing was not, in fact, a real plane crash, <laughs> and that it was just a TV show filming. Imagine. I know. Well, and imagine that years later remembering uh, an announcement like that and then realizing it was lost. Yeah. That's somebody's party anecdote. For sure it is. For sure. <laughs> For sure somebody has used that to get laid at a party one time. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think the pilot at that time was like the most expensive TV pilot ever made. Mm. Oh, I don't doubt Something it. like that. And, really? Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a J.J. Abrams uh production so you know he's gonna go all out for that but yeah we gotta talk about jj jj <laughs> monster abrams I, I mean i don't think that much of jj abrams as a filmmaker uh, i do appreciate his uh reluctance to use lens flares 
throughout Lost. <laughs> As uh, compared to... I mean, he, 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 he was only involved in, like, the first season and only directed, I think, like, the first two episodes or something like that, but... I find your lack of lens flares disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I was surprised to see his name on the credits. Uh, like just before I saw the show, like I didn't really look it up. I didn't know. I wanted to go in like as blind as I could. I knew Damon Lindelof because, uh, my partner's a huge fan of The Leftovers. Um, which is an incredible show. Yeah. And apparently I've, I've never seen that as well. Apparently I have to watch it. But, um, so this you is really like the only, re- yes, actually you're, you and Greg have both said like <laughs> yeah. that. I haven't seen it either. Must watch and be, like best television for you to say that the leftovers is like in in some ways better than Lost is a big compliment. No idea. I, I think as I think as a story, it's not as fun as Lost. Like Lost is you know a million times more fun to watch, but like as a story and like in terms of performances and writing, mm-hmm. I think it's a million times better. Uh, there are definitely some questionable aesthetic choices that they make throughout the series. In, in um, Leftovers? In The Leftovers, yeah. I mean, because um, Lost, like, too, in my opinion. Oh, Lost, absolutely. <laughs> but absolutely. what's interesting about this aesthetic thing is that it's TV versus film, right? I mean, and this is yeah. this is actually part of a super interesting conversation, even in the context of J.J. Abrams, because we can talk about the sort of production and technical differences between film and television, mm-hmm. which are substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Film shoots over an extended period of time, and sometimes there's even, like, a turnover rate, even with crew and Mm -hmm. and things like this. And uh, you're on a very tight schedule. You are for film also, but it's not the same. Mm -hmm. Film is an isolated, almost passion project type of environment. Right. Whereas TV is a money-making beast. Yeah. And I know that, like, the creative side of that doesn't prefer to acknowledge the realities of TV, but television is a, is a money-making machine. Yeah. And, and thusly, it changes the means of production. Mm-hmm. And so I think what's even more interesting, I mean, because we can, we can like make fun of J.J. Abrams' lens flares, and I'm happy to do that. <laughs> but what's specifically interesting about the fact that his trademarks aren't all over Lost is because it is television and right. it's not a movie. And I think that that's important even culturally speaking. Right. Uh, and, and 2004 yeah. well, television... is fascinating too because... Um, this sort of streaming, binge-watching wa- kind of slightly more, I don't know, refined aesthetic did not exist yet. I mean, we were still yeah. talking about broadcast television, yeah. weekly television. Still, it, yeah, it looks like that so much exactly. when you watch it. Yeah. And so watching it for the yeah, first time, I, I bet, is interesting because there are those commercial breaks. Yep. And you know what they are. But if somebody was watching it with none of that context and didn't grow up with Yeah, like if breaks, a child was watching this, they'd, they'd be like, like, what the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, why is this like a weird cliffhanger and then a fade into the next scene? Yeah. yeah exactly. So that's an interesting conversation, too. For, and for that eventually. stunts, or not stunts, but that, like, halts dialogue, you know? Like, yeah. It chops up, like, the rhythm of a show. Absolutely. Um, whereas you don't like you watch something that was made for Netflix or made for Amazon and it does it just flows the rhythm is better yeah better it's different um yeah it's a fascinating issue and also yeah. like when you're watching it now on a streaming service you're not subjected to like Kinestin advertisements in the middle of it uh-huh. I have a question for you Sarah on your uh-huh. first viewing uh-huh. just to get back to the first episode uh-huh. which is how do you feel about the characters you've met so far good question I mean, we open on Jack, right? So you're obviously with him first. But. Yeah, I have no issues with Jack except, like, okay, so I don't have any, like, 
I don't really have any real issues with Jack, except for the fact that you can kind of see why Sawyer gets annoyed with him because he sort of is like, just assumes the role of like, I'm the leader and there's 48 people and he's just like, I'm the man of this town. (laughs) But he also, like, he assumes the role of the leader, but he also is like, meant to be this like, reluctant hero at the same time. Yes. So it's such a... There was a refreshing point in a a few episodes later, I'll, you know, I'll talk about when we get to episode four, but there was a point when someone asked him to do something and he was like, why don't you do it? Like, he's kind of like, what is happening? So, I mean, yeah, like he, um, I have no issues with him. He's just a little bit like his character is a bit dramatic. I don't know if like, you know, he's like this, like, Oh, handsome doctor who saves, like <laughs> saves like everyone's life within the first yeah. 10 minutes of the show. He seemed just manically running around saving everyone. Yeah. Um, Kate, uh, I can't remember if it's, I don't think you get her backstory within the first two episodes, do you? I think you get a, I think you get a flashback to her on the plane in the second episode. Yeah, yeah so you find that. out that, that she was with her uh, parole officer yeah. in the first two episodes. And um, so, like, it's kind of cool that there's a bit of depth there, but otherwise, so far, she's just sort of, like, the the pretty girl that's, like... Also, like, I remember writing a note on my phone, like, Kate falls in love with Jack, like, way too soon. And they also, like, feel like they owe each other something. Like, she's like, I'm going to the middle of the island. He's like, no. And I'm like, (laughs) you met, like, five hours ago. Like, you don't get to tell them each other what to... They both do it. I'm like, just whatever. Like, well, well, here's the thing about Kate that freaking baffles me is that and and to be very clear i actually do i respect evangeline lily as an actor like i actually think that she yeah yeah the performance is you know what i mean so and, yeah. and also like love for the canadians like yeah gotta love her <laughs> is she can is evangeline lily also canadian she absolutely is okay cool yeah and so oh, i didn't know that i yeah she is and i so i really like evangeline lily i think she's i think she has sort of an interesting look and she does yeah. fight this she could so easily be pigeonholed as this sort of like girl next door. Yeah. Pretty. I mean, her, her only sort of advantage away from that, that stereotype is that she has kind of like dark curly hair, which in the 2000s meant like not necessarily girl next door. You know what I mean? Listen, <laughs> for someone who normally, I mean, other than today, normally has, has curly hair. dark curly hair, 2000s were not our time. They to were shine. not your time to shine. They absolutely were. I not. looked more like Curly in 2004. <laughs> Actually, I looked. So did I. So did you. Yes. We both had the yeah. exact same curly haircut though you wouldn't know it right now yeah and so eventually lily i think what's interesting about kate as a character is that you do get this impression that she's gonna be set up as Uh just the pretty girl but what i read this was trivia that i didn't know apparently in episode two when they go into the cockpit of the plane and there's this whole big dramatic scene where they have to retrieve the radio console and they find the pilot alive and for some reason he decides to check out if there's a monster outside which makes total sense he had a head injury yeah exactly (laughs) he's got a head injury he doesn't know but apparently in that scene jack was supposed to die and then in the original plot before they realized how much they liked Matthew Fox and how good a character Jack was and how much ratings skyrocketed because Matthew Fox was like a 2004 hottie. Apparently, <laughs> Jack was supposed to die and no Kate way. 
Yeah, seriously. And Kay was supposed to emerge as like the leader of the group. Oh, that would have been fun. Right? And so what I think is interesting about Kate is that Evangeline Lily, and I can say this and you can say this mm. as actors in the process, when she first read the treatment for that script and went in for an audition, she was thinking that Kate was the character who Damn. emerges. You know what I mean? Aww. So what's fascinating is that Kate, Evangeline Lily, specifically went in and auditioned for Kate as this character that was going to emerge as a leader of this group. And so I wonder how that informed right. how she's... So even the scene where she's stitching up Jack and the lines are, yeah. I've never done that before. I've stitched a pair of jeans. Right. I'm like, okay, <laughs> but what's actually going on in Kate's head? What's actually going on yeah, in Evangeline yeah, yeah. Lily's head? Yeah, that's interesting. That does, like, that probably changed her performance a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So that's fascinating for me. But also, because you learn who she sort of really is, and trust me, they're, all their backstories get more complicated as this goes on. I can only imagine, because I'm wondering, how many seasons are there? Seven? Seven. Six. Six? Six? Okay, yeah. Six. I'm wondering how this... Uh, I'm like, all right, they crashed. Uh, okay. So we oh, you're but, in for a wild. You're wait. in for a roller coaster. I can't wait. But even this glimpse you're getting is like, so did you, so now I'm going to ask you, now that you've watched a few episodes, uh-huh. do you now still believe the scene where she's stitching up Jack was genuine? Oh, yeah, that's a good question now. And that's not a leading question. I really mean, like, what well, do you think? Because within a couple episodes, she shows how tough she is. Like, yeah. she goes into the woods, and then, like, we get a bit of her backstory and what she was up to. Um, we know that she's, like, pretty tough. Like, she's, whatever, she's a convict. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it would be kind of probably out of character that she'd be like, I don't know how to... She's like, she's like, I made the drapes in my apartment. Yeah, I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> I don't think you did. Like, you know, that was probably just like a cover for like, I have an apartment, sure. I, it has a door and two windows. Like, <laughs> um, but yes. Oh, man. But I derailed you. I was asking. Mm. So that's interesting about Kate. Um, the other characters we sort of meet in episode one are... You know, Boone, well, Shannon, John, Hurley. Jonathan uh, Hurley, I sort of took yeah. away the thunder of your story, but I would like to focus on how you have the same haircut as Hurley. Yes, let's focus <laughs> on that. <laughs> um, it, it honestly came from the fact that I hated the attention of getting a haircut, so I just let it go. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, a bit of a wiener. Um, if you can believe that. I mentioned this to you last week, but I have a memory. I know this of you because we were MySpace friends in 2005 or <laughs> so. And I remember your profile picture of you having that, that hair. Same hair yeah. as what I would, would have if I got this hair wet right now. Um, I've, th- I've thought honestly spent probably the first month of quarantine thinking I should grow my hair out again, but decided pretty... It was a terrible idea. No, you should. I disagree. I mean, I have an obsession with curly hair because my hair is very straight. I mean, how it is right now is how it gets, how it is out of the shower. Right. Like my hair is very straight. I have always been obsessed with people with curly hair and consistently I end up befriending or when this is the time of my life, dating people with curly hair even, is mortifying. Even with Jonathan, you wouldn't even know he had curly hair, but somehow you've become friends somehow with him. Somehow I gravitated <laughs> toward the curly hair people without it's, even it's, knowing. It's not just the hair, it's like the curly hair in your soul. It you know? is. I believe that. <laughs> I believe that too. Especially when you're a 2000s kid and everyone has Evangeline <laughs> Lily's eyebrows and they, oh. have, and they have 
they, I used to, this is not to do with lost, but I used to put my hair on an ironing board and get my mom to iron my hair. Cause <laughs> That's before straighteners really existed. Yeah. I didn't have a straightener. Um, but I digress. I have a new topic to bring up. Uh, if I made, cause it, um, something just reminded me of this. And I just want to talk about a side hustle that I think I would be very good at and might cash in on one day is, uh, continuity coach. Ooh, script supervision. Oh, yeah. uh, because I uh, have a little bit of, I don't want to use OCD because I'm not diagnosed with OCD, but I truly cannot handle when continuity is wrong. You're a script supervisor waiting to happen. My and um, I find like, and this is like, I've been on projects at my corporate job where this has come in handy. And I find like uh, holes in like Excel sheets and whatever. Uh, I found a continuity error, I think, and I want to run it by you guys. Let's see it. Let's hear it. Okay. So second part of the pilot, we find out that, uh, Charlie, our Australian band guy, right? Bassist. I think he's English. English? Right. Yeah, sorry. he's English. Okay. So, but that, that's the right guy. But right? Yes, Charlie? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. So, yes. okay. We find out that, uh, Charlie was headed to the front of the plane to go do drugs because, the plane, they, they were coming to like be, sir, sir, are you okay? Come sit down. And he's trying to get away from them. And he gets up to the front of the plane. He goes into the bathroom to do drugs. And then um, the plane starts going down. <clears throat> and he like falls out of the bathroom and buckles himself in into a seat at the front of the plane. <clears throat> and we know it's at the front of the plane because in the second part of the episode, they find the cockpit and he goes into the same bathroom to see if his drugs are still there. Yeah. So, so technically, he should have gone down with the front of the plane because Good he catch. because he was buckled into the seat right next to that bathroom, and he yeah, goes back I mean, to find his drugs. So, <clears throat> either it doesn't matter, he crashed and wandered through the forest, but it, it, it wouldn't <laughs> have been that way because he also comes upon the cockpit like, oh, gotta see if my drugs are still here. This is easily <laughs> solved because of the internet. So keep talking, and I'm gonna I'm gonna find the scene. I just feel like. Like they make yeah, it I out. I think you're 100 right. I, I think, think you're right. They make it out to be that everybody in the first scene, all these 40 people who landed on the beach, uh, landed with the middle of the plane. They make a big deal that yes. the, the end of the plane and the front of the plane got ripped off. But Charlie yes. would have been in the front of the plane because that's where yeah, his absolutely. drugs are. I, I, I mean, maybe I, I, I had this weird memory of where he buckled himself in being lucky somehow. And then it wasn't. Anyway, let me look, let me, let me find it. Maybe. But how I saw the scene was he like the, the bathroom door flies open or whatever. He's doing his drugs. And then he's just like, Oh, and he puts himself in this seat in first class. Yeah, that's right. I do remember this. this is the reason why he thinks his drugs are still there when he goes back. So I'm like, Okay, maybe how Char- did he get to the beach? Maybe yeah. Charlie got fucking, pardon my French, <laughs> ripped out of and flew through the air with the rest of the people. I don't know, but to me, that was a continuity error. And that's that's Sarah's first continuity error of this season. The only, like, the only re- like logical explanation I could think of is that, like, the seat he buckles himself into is, like, at the very front of the middle section and like everything in front of where he was right. cracked off for the nose or whatever. But yeah, who, who knows? It's it's definitely a fine line. Like it's a fine <laughs> line because you can reason your way out of it, but I do think it's, that's the only way it's not a continuity. Okay. If you try the to plane is going it. down. He's in the bathroom. He gets up, he runs Feel free to play down this the aisle. Right now. 
He runs down the aisle. <laughs> There's a weird cut, so we it's don't a weird actually cut, know so yeah, where we don't know he how far is. back he ran. But I would assume that the plane's going down. He didn't run. He didn't too run that far. far. Anyway, so yeah, and, and, like, and he, he looks to his like, right. And then we don't see who he's next yeah. to. So, so there's no way to know. There's a way to explain it, but that, in my opinion, it's an oversight. In in Sarah's professional opinion, this is a continuity <laughs> error. Yeah, my professional, like, b- brain that can't handle continuity errors, yeah. I like that. This can be your main role. I'm going to do a continuity con- error every episode. I bet you'll find one. Yeah, I love it. Please, please do. I want that. I Even when I've done background acting on sets... I'm like, I. why am I starting here? I wasn't, and it's like not a big, with your background, it's like you're not even in focus. No. No one gives a shit. No. In my head, I'm like, I can't handle this. Let's talk about Handmaid's Tale. You did background there, didn't you? Yes. That's a pretty continuity conscious set. Was it? Yeah, they were actually, uh, okay, so in, I- in fairness, like we had to, poor guys, they had, I say guys because there's these two guys doing it, but like, the scene that I was in, long story short, a was a bunch of handmaids. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and they're all funneling into this like amphitheater, and um, they were trying to find a way to make us all end up in the same spot. And so they were like, "Okay, everybody, remember your number, like nine, eight, seven, six. And then like the numbers didn't work. And then like, okay, everyone get in two lines, and then you gotta like zipper off into your and like they, they tried like we had to spend like four or five takes just coordinating oh god i love that though i was like it's yes fun. we must get this correct you were oh, like god. i'll be upset <laughs> anyway okay ne- you should have played an next time you act in something i direct i'm yes. going to make you do way too many takes in that oh my gosh because i'm always worried that I'm making, like, when I just have my friends acting for free in my shitty DIY stuff that... Not shitty, <laughs> not shitty, not shitty. We don't use that adjective no. with your work. But I, but I, I'll I, do it. I'll I do will it. say that the good news of being, like, a disciple of Lynch is that you can have continuity errors and it won't matter. It's <laughs> on <fine>. purpose. <laughs> you can just say, no, it's, it's allegorical. <laughs> yeah. Apropos of nothing, I just noticed that in my notes I had all the Dural Sack stuff written up. That's hilarious. Oh, you didn't have to look up the thing. That's fine. No. It gave us time to make fun of it more. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to see if I have anything in my notes that we need to talk about. Okay, while you're doing that, I'm going to ask Sarah um, at this point, if you want to include up to episode four, feel free, but, uh, you know. At this point, what are the like pressing questions and mysteries that stand out to you? Okay, so I mean, obviously, number one is what's what's the monster that's smashing all the trees around? Ooh, baby! Uh, which I assume <laughs> is like the biggest mystery. Um, number two, uh, one of my I, I was saying this to you guys right before we started filming, but one of my things that I thought was like a cheesy line was like. That's not a polar. That's not a bear. That's a polar bear. And so, like, obviously, I want to know why there's a polar bear um, on the island. Why, why ever would you want to know? That? I assume maybe one day I'll find out. Um, you will. I can I, promise you that at least. Um, uh, one of my first questions, actually, in the first couple episodes, was what is. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm so bad at these names. Um, what's his name? Uh, who? Um, Orange slice. John Locke. John Locke. John Locke, Locke, yeah. So uh, I mentioned this to you guys last week, but he was one of the first like intriguing bits where like when he did the orange uh, peel smile, I was kind of like, okay, this show's weird and I like it. <laughs> and like, I appreciated his like 
Like that was like an eerie to me. That was almost like Lynchian. Like, cause he's just like this like strange looking character who you look over and then all of a sudden he's like smiling with the orange. I was like, <laughs> okay, so he's a bit creepy and he's, you know, whatever. Also, can I say backgammon? Uh, and he's looking at the kid and he's like, and one black, one white. And, and it's like <laughs> one dark and one light. One dark and one Doesn't light. he say one black, one white? I wrote it down. Yeah, I wrote he it says down. dark and light. Dark he and says light. dark and light. Oh, in my So head, at least it's like, not as bad as black and white. It's not as on the nose. I thought he said black and white and I was like, well, he says dark and light. And then it pans to the kid being like, whoa. And uh, Michael, <laughs> Michael, it was very sweet. No, that's, that, that's Walt. And I was like, oh, that's right. Michael it's not, his dad. It's not Michael. Okay, Michael's it's a dad. Walt. Walt's yeah. a kid. Walt's a kid. Vincent's the dog. Yes. Locks the dude with Locks orange the orange smile. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was kind of just like, all right. My head this, still had it as Michael. This line does not need to be there. But, like, maybe it does. I don't know. He's just, like, a bit of a weirdo. Um, but th- one of the first questions I had after the first couple of episodes was, um, what is his deal? And I'm really glad that within episode four, you get that answer. Um, well, you don't maybe get the full answer, but you start getting an answer about what he was up to, why he was in Australia, because uh, we know the flight was coming from Australia, right? Yeah. <laughs> to um, LA. Yeah, Australia to LA. Yeah. Um, so we get a little bit of his background, which I was curious about. Um, want to know the monster, want to know about the bear. Um, I wanted to know what happened to Vincent, but we found him right away. So that was great. Um, what else? I mean, we, we want to know about the, um, the recording that's been happening for 16 years or whatever, like the French recording, the French distress signal. Yeah. Um, and also I had an issue with how Kate described that to Jack. She gets back from this track where they hear about this French distress signal. And, uh, she says something like, and Jack, it's it, it's been going on for 16 years and he's like okay and i'm like what do you mean wait why wouldn't you ask how do you know it's been going on for 16 i'm like <laughs> i just get so wrapped up i know this is like i shouldn't be doing this i should just let the it slide because it's just like it's just like con- it's just a condensed version of probably like what would have really been said in real life but she's just like and it's been playing for 16 years and he's like all right i'm like Jack. I'm like, what do you mean? All right. Like the doctor asks no questions. Yeah. Like you don't want to know how she knows that. Like anyway. Um, so I want to know what that's about. Um, and obviously I'm just, uh, I want to get to know people's stories, but I know that's, that's going to happen over time. Gradually. Yeah. The, well, one thing that yeah, we're consistently kind of, you know, built into the, uh, structure of the show right yeah yeah absolutely flashbacks i will say one thing that will consistently annoy you and i don't feel bad about saying this is because i posted about it on facebook right after i started rewatching it over christmas Uh i said the entire first season is just walt kate (laughs) yeah Yeah! (laughs) that's the whole season yeah it's dramatic michael shouting for walt is a lot of the second and third season as well i'll warn you yeah what's the joke okay remember when the walking dead first came out and everyone was like the whole show is just people yelling about carl 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 (laughs) and there were memes about carl this is like if memes existed okay i want everyone listening who's like under the age of 18 to let that sink in if memes had existed in 2004 (laughs) walt would have been a meme yeah because it's the whole freaking show is just yeah. Memes when they first started, I don't think we talk about this enough in just society. In society, how they were bad. 
fucking dumb memes were when we first they were started. Bad. Memes I, are a whole thing. I want to find some original Lost memes. Can I we? do wish there was an alternate universe where Lost existed at the same time as memes. Because, my God, <laughs> what a ripe field for harvest. They, w- they would have, okay, so there would have been some towards the last couple seasons. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I'm, sure, sure. In 2008, 2009, 2010, there would have been memes. Yeah. I Yeah, I would say we should try to find some early lost memes for the next episode. Let's find some vintage memes. Hell yeah. The danker, the better. Um, was there anything else that stood out to you guys in, uh, in part two of the Yeah, pilot? just that Jorge Garcia is a babe. I literally cannot get over this. I have such a huge... Jorge Garcia, if you're listening. Which one's that? Hit me up. Hurley. Oh, Hurley. I have yeah. such a crush on him. He's and I always had. Ever such since, a like, beautiful human being. Ever since like Armageddon, I've had a crush on Jorge Garcia. Wait, he's in Armageddon? Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> and I, but I don't, I think Lost solidified it. But I, he's great in that too. I mean, he's one of the only really good things about that movie, to be clear. He... I haven't watched Armageddon since my grade nine English teacher made us watch it. <laughs> and we had to, like, we had to analyze the movie. We had to write about the soundtrack. It was... Wild. Wow. Unfortunate. The Armageddon soundtrack, is that Goo Goo Dolls? I don't want to yeah. It's like a Aerosmith. 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 <laughs> but is Iris on the... Is I don't no, that's... that's uh, I, Iris Iris is on the soundtrack for City of Angels. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. Which but is yes. which is But there's this scene with the animal cracker oh. where Ben Affleck is making the animal cracker walk across Liv Tyler's stomach. <laughs> and Aerosmith play which by the way is her dad. Like let's yes. talk about yeah. that. <laughs> right. Yes. How her dad is singing along yeah. in the background of this sex scene. Like yeah. let's talk about that for a minute everyone. But also have you seen <laughs> Ben Affleck just ripping apart Armageddon? Have you seen this interview? No. no. It's hilarious. Everyone who's listening and both of you your homework is to google <laughs> Ben Affleck destroys Armageddon in interview. It's like okay. this it's this hilarious okay. commentary where he just talks about i mean one of the funniest things is like oh you know what would be easier than teaching astronauts how to drill a hole is to teach a whole bunch of (laughs) oil drillers how to be astronauts yeah because that makes sense anyway it's a hilarious interview and i highly recommend it i michael bay one of the greatest filmmakers (laughs) of all time (laughs) i feel like now because of this doesn't ring anything in my head i must have not seen armageddon since it came out when i was a kid i guess i'll do a Uh, rewatch I mean, n- n- you're not relating to uh, not not relating to Armageddon, but uh, just a, a side note on City of Angels. That movie is inexplicably a remake of Vim Vendor's. Uh, oh fuck, Wings of Desire by Vim Vendor's, which is like this like like classic of like German cinema. We're looking it up. Sorry. Deep Impact. Like a... I want Armageddon. Oh, Armageddon versus Deep Impact. Armageddon. That's I don't know. compared to Deep Impact a lot. In any well. case. In any case, unoriginal. Zero out of ten. In any case, Armageddon <laughs> not, is a fucking not it's masterpiece. Unoriginal. <laughs> it's that it's in a, an inexplicable remake. The fact that they made like this ridiculous like romantic comedy or whatever it is. Is it even a romantic comedy? I don't know. Um, no, it's like a it's like a space drama. 
I don't no, know not, how to... not Armageddon. I'm talking about City of Angels now. Oh, City of Angels. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Where I this explains <laughs> this explains the bad Google result we got. Also, we're a bottle of Prosecco deep. Uh, <laughs> City of Angels. Yes, Jonathan. I feel like yes. I I want to know how you feel. Have you did you recently rewatch episodes one and two? Like I know you've seen the show a hundred times. Yes, yes. I I am making a point to rewatch. How's your How's your twenty twenty um, like not necessarily the year, but how's your recent mind feeling about the first two episodes? Does it hold up for you? Because I know you're a big fan. Like, in terms of, it's it's so hard to say. What it's just so ingrained in who I am as a person. Right. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, it's hard. But it's to. honestly really hard for me to make any kind of like clear-headed judgment about what about you know how good it is yeah um i mean it's definitely i'm definitely more critical of it than i would have been 10 years ago um but i also love it just as much if that makes you know any sense it does um like every time i watch it i kind of like pick up on different things like the last time i rewatched it i kind of picked up on how much i hated the amount of handheld camera in it. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, like, I, I love handheld camera. Uh, I feel like this time around I'm picking up on... Um, one of the... Honestly, one of the biggest things that I, like, kind of... That kind of struck me this time around. Like, it, it's, like, been somewhat, like... It, it's, it's something that was, like, a big deal the first time I watched it. And, like, like I've been conscious of it, like, every time I watched it was uh the fact that Said is a former Republican Guard soldier which like this like this show came out like a year after like a year and a half after the US invaded Iraq. Yep. So like yeah. the fact that uh, that like they have this character who's as far as we can tell a good guy who's you know a former Iraqi soldier is fucking wild. That is um, yeah, that like, is radical for the time. Yeah, like it's huge and like And Hurley's reaction. I, yeah. He's like he's like I was there and Hurley's just like, Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, Hurley doesn't Well and what's interesting is that like and this this extends even further into the show, but I, I'm glad we brought up this thing with Saeed because with even something like nine eleven so immediately in America's memory, because I mean two thousand four oh, yeah. Especially with a plane crash. I know. A plane crash. Any any plot point with a major plane incident. Yeah. And even the discussion in the first episode about the black box and recovering the black box. And this, like, absolute... I mean, Shannon's an interesting character, too. I mean, so there's this weird duo of Boone and Shannon who are both kind of annoying. Yeah. Right. And they're clearly from some kind of, like, wealthy family. And they're younger than lots of the other characters. And a little bit annoying. And Shannon's absolute faith that people will come and rescue them and that the black box will be useful is contrasted so wildly with everyone else's version of reality, which is basically just that they're stuck there uh, kind of infinitely. And I wonder if there's a, there's a version of this discussion we could have had, which is just of how each character represents a different kind of like American uh, of American or international um, memory or version of reality. And Saeed is specifically interesting because he and I feel comfortable saying this. He's not one of these characters that dies quickly. He sticks with us for the whole series, right? And and Saeed is uh, an outlier in that he's not white. It is a very white show for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hurley is Latino, but that's not as 
sort of at the forefront. And then there's Michael there's Michael and Walt. But they're still very American. They're still very American. Jin and Sun are Korean and they're they're super important and they do stick with us. But the main sort of heroes of the show are this sort of like Jack and Kate and Sawyer trio who are like very white, very American, very like beautiful. Right. And so it's interesting because Saeed is this sort of strange outlier where like um, it's there's this very easy potential for him to just be a villain, which would be like the easy route. And he necessarily isn't. Yeah, thank God. Thank God he's not too. Like, yeah, it's really it's it, it, it was especially in my mind this time around, because a couple of weeks ago, um, I don't know if either I've made either of you guys listen to Citations Needed, but it's you know, one of my favorite podcasts it does, you know, media analysis of like, you know, news coverage and pop culture and that kind of stuff. And recently they did like a three part episode on the way uh, like Hollywood movies in particular kind of have sit. Uh, since even before uh, 9-11, but, like, especially since 9-11, have, like, really pushed, you know, sort of, like, Islamophobic and anti-Iran uh, sentiments and... Anti-Middle East in general. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's been very, like, you know, that's... There's so many portrayals of Arabs and Iranians and, like northern africans and you know as you know you know terrorists people who aren't to be trusted even if like you know someone in one of those movies is a good guy it's because they're working with the u.s or whatever and there is a bit of that with saeed's backstory later but it's not uh yeah it's a bit more complicated than most of those portrayals so that always really uh like back then like i was just you know i was fairly politically aware back then you know i started reading about that kind of stuff like just after 9-11 and that's kind of how i became the you know politics nerd that i am i, I but, bet we uh, know today <laughs> i mean li- li- literally like 9-11 happened and i was like okay i'm gonna read no- what noam chomsky has to say about you know the united states role in the middle east <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> meanwhile but, i was uh, i'm gonna watch loose change <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck my roommate's we're obsessed with with that. I mean, I was like and 12, I was, so... I was so annoyed by it. I was like, this is such bullshit. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, no, it is, I, I would be interested to... I hesitate to comment too much because I would be interested. I'm sure there must be an article out there from, like, the perspective of someone from Iraq looking at this character or probably, you know, like I would love to see, cause I wasn't even really, I'm only a few episodes in, so I don't know much about yeah. Saeed's backstory. So I would love to look more into like how that was taken at the time or yeah. if lost got any flack. Cause I'm sure there were even like some people who, you know, unfortunately might've been like, well, you know, what, whatever had a complaint. So I don't know. I should, well, what we could do, what I can do right now is Google like pilot reviews. We can even go through yeah, the next we, episode. I would love to see how this was, um, for the next ep, maybe how this was perceived at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I tried to, uh, I tried to go back and find, uh, cause lost was like an early message board kind of show. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was 
all there were like tons of message boards and stuff and it's so hard to find like there was the official one the fuselage that i remember posting on but that website doesn't exist anymore you can use the wayback machine and get like the front page but none of the posts are saved or anything and there were a few other ones that i don't even remember right now but we should like, try to was... contact the um admin of uh, admin of the site or something yeah exactly see if we can get some <laughs> some archived some yeah. cached version yeah we should we should let me know who i have to reach out to and uh <laughs> and uh, well I mean, this is a, maybe this is like a good way to conclude the episode, but actually this ties in really beautifully to like, again, we can make fun of the continuity and we can make fun of all the things about Lost and I think we should, but I also want to acknowledge like there are some really beautiful things about it. And one of the sort of beautiful things about it is that it has this, and I don't deny that this could be problematic in some way. Okay. There's always complexities, but in a way Lost has this really beautiful um, ability to kind of uh, like flatten difference the way potentially a plane crash might right for character backgrounds yeah. and so despite the fact that you're looking at and again i stand by the fact that it is in many ways a very white appealing show because it's main heroes that are presented as main heroes are kind of white especially for the first two or three seasons mm -hmm. however there is this Besides the fact that they're all beautiful Hollywood people, this sort of diverse cast. Well, and, it and does, you learn about them sympathetically. And it does this thing with, they almost spell it out with Kate's character because mm -hmm. she has this background and it shows some clips of her in Australia and like getting arrested or whatever. Yeah. And then Jack says like, you know what? I don't want to know what you did. He's like, you're on this island doesn't matter what we exactly. did before. So it's kind of almost like the writers are almost saying like, doesn't matter, flat, you know, starting flat or whatever. So Yeah. And there's so many little comments. Like, I remember people, there's sort of this, like, anti, almost like anti-Asian racism that happens against Jin and Sun, where people mistakenly call them Chinese or Japanese or whatever. And there's always somebody who's like, dude, they're Korean. Right. And then there's these, like, little comments that happen at, to acknowledge race and acknowledge mm -hmm. ethnicity in the show which I think is more nuanced than lots of even modern shows are willing to do. Right, they're at least trying. And then it makes it, and then there's always this other character that steps in and is like, uh, does this matter right now or are we stranded on a fucking island? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So it's a fascinating little um, microcosm for, I, I don't know, I think there really is potential for the fact that the somewhere in some writer's room in 2003, 2004, 2005, when the show was starting or was in pre-production, writers were thinking about like mm -hmm. how do we tackle this sort of like technically diverse cast right and how do we deal with the characters in a way that's not just like ignoring that they're all different but trying to think through how that would look on an island in a in a tragic situation right any 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 any, any, any other final closing any other thoughts? final thoughts can't wait to see what happens. Had to tell Greg that we couldn't watch another episode today because I would start forgetting what... <laughs> <laughs> I would start forgetting what the difference between episode one was. Like, I can't get too far ahead. Uh, much to his chagrin, because usually... I don't know, this is probably a regular annoying couple thing, but we usually have one show on the go that we're watching one together. Show. And you can't go... You can't watch ahead of the other person... <laughs> Because <laughs> that's not fair, and right now that's lost and Fleabag. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad to be along. I, I remember specifically telling somebody once who, in this memory, and luckily I don't have a great long-term memory, so like in this hazy <laughs> memory luckily. of mine where somebody spoiled the, the twist or the ending or whatever it was at the end, um, 
I remember specifically being like, yeah, go ahead. I'll never watch the show because it had, <laughs> because it had already been so long. This is already, this is probably only a few years ago. So, um, I'm you glad never I'm, know. I'm glad you never know, never volunteer someone to spoil something for you. Cause you never know. When you're going to get asked to be part of a podcast. <laughs> I will say whatever they, t- whatever straw man version they told you is probably not. It's not, I know it's not going to be as complex. Yeah. It? Yeah. And I honestly don't remember if it was even, if they even divulged that much. Luckily, probably I was around someone who was like, no. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And if my experience is anything to go off, they probably got it wrong anyway. Nice. I'm excited to be. How do I know you guys got it right? We'll see, I guess. You don't. You just must trust. I gotta figure it out for myself. Well, do you guys have like, you guys wanna like say your social media or anything? Or yeah. do you not want people to follow you on social media? It's a thing that podcast people do. Sure. I mean, I'm on TikTok these days. This is what I'm trying out. Um, Sarah is a millennial on TikTok. So you're immediately uh, ruling out having any kind of American following. Oh no, they're fine. Since. They're fine. They're fine. No, they're they, not. All, all they're the getting... comments on TikTok these days are like, "LOL, Trump, we're still here." No, no. I mean, they could use VPNs. <laughs> it's not exactly tragic. Yeah, true. Um, also, I, I like side note. I saw a very funny comment on TikTok today that was uh, Trump twenty twenty is an expiry date. Thought that was funny. <laughs> um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on TikTok for our Canadian uh, fans, a uh, big fan base that I'm talking to. That would be at sarah.e.blackmore, which is actually the same as my Instagram, sarah.e.blackmore. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, comedian, actor, also for the next it, week, a travel agent. Idiot. Just, <laughs> just absolutely just, cool. Yeah, fool, a fool. Yeah. Now, I'm Erin Mick. My Instagram is Erin. Anne, that's A-N-N-E underscore Mick. Uh-huh. And uh, I have no other social media that matters. I am not on that's, TikTok. That's good. You know what? You should probably channel. I, I'm a little Listen, like, I do ADD. have Twitter. Listen, I do have Twitter. But I never look at it. And I have like two, <laughs> I have like two followers. So uh, Instagram yeah, is a place who, to be. One of whom is me. <laughs> and I think one might be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One is JK and the You're, other is Sarah. And I'm just I kidding. Know, I don't know who Twitter is. Honestly, I, I, I envy that. Either. Jonathan, what about you? Where do we find you on the internet? I heard that my partner I'm, Greg told me you had a viral tweet recently. I did have a viral tweet. Wow, uh, <laughs> Which I didn't even know I had a viral tweet because I have notifications turned off for anyone that I don't already follow. But uh, right. I tweeted. Yeah, you um, I, I tweeted about how a lot of people are like, "Don't support Black Lives Matter. They're Marxist." And so I, I tweeted, "Does anyone who's worried about Black Lives Matter being Marxist even know what Marxism is?" Yes. And that somehow got like thousands of retweets. Yeah. Oh wow! Like tens, <laughs> tens of thousands of retweets. Yeah, and like my my follower count went from like. I, I was closing in on 2,000 followers, but, like, I surpassed 2,000 followers within, like, a day. Nice. And I was like, where did all these people come from? <laughs> that's insane. That's where, that's where they came from. But, yeah, I'm, I'm at Get Ratified on all the things. It's uh, G-E-T-R-A-D-I-F-I-E-D. It's a old song title from my old band that I stole from my friend B, who wrote the song. Uh, shout out to B. Oh, is that true? I didn't know this. that. I also yeah. know B. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that's where that was from. I always just took it for granted that that was your... Uh, Get ratified. No, no. 
No, it's a, it's a song about uh, being too radical for uh, university politics. Oh my hey, God. Amen. As a fellow <laughs> poli-sci undergrad, amen. Because <laughs> I'm just over here like, hi, I have a master's in history. No, um, you're, <laughs> that's the same thing. You still have to listen to the same dudes. That's true. Pretend you have to read that, the same shit. That, <laughs> that it's all like that history didn't happen or whatever. Yeah, anyway, it's the same stuff. Too, anyway, way too, this way has too much Fukuyama, way first... too much Michael Walzer. Yeah, it's the same shit. This has been the first installment of Get Lost. <laughs> yeah, it, it was fun. Thanks for listening. Thanks for Thanks having for us, Jonathan. This was very fun. Oh, Jonathan, here's something. You can cut this out and use it for later. Where do we find get lost you can find get lost on (laughs) (laughs) uh it's hosted through what did i use to host this thing uh anchor.fm forward slash get lost podcast i think hang on let me double check that (laughs) yeah anchor.fm dot anchor.fm forward slash get lost podcast so now say that as a single sound bite i'll be quiet (laughs) i'll shut up (laughs) Uh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. Okay, wait, wait, um, sorry, what is it? I'll say it, I'm a bottle of wine deep. What is this? Sarah can say it. Anchor.fm forward slash get lost podcast. Okay. And it'll be on all the other podcast things eventually. Anchor.fm forward slash get lost, get lost podcast. This has been the first installment of Get Lost, a lost podcast. And if you want to listen to more, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash get lost podcast. Good job, Sarah. You should do something like that. Or just just cut the URL that I said. You should keep, you should keep, good job, Sarah, in the sound bite. I invented (laughs) it.